Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story Podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. This is episode one. Okay, this week, episode one, the first time I'm coming to you with doula diaries, I wanted to talk about the fetal ejection reflex. Now, I write about this in the book, Birth Story, Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal on page 421. So throughout the book, there's little pop-outs of information that teach you along with the birth stories. So the fetal ejection reflex, basically the best way I can describe this is vomiting in reverse. It's also called FER, by the way. So fetal for F ejection for E and reflux for R. So whenever I'm teaching a childbirth class or working privately with a doula client, they tend to say like, hey, Heidi, when will I know how to push? Or like, could you like coach me on pushing? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. If you have an epidural, but if you are unmedicated and you're laboring, you know, pretty well and you're feeling everything, you are going to experience the fetal ejection reflex. So I have never labored in 17 years with a single parent who is unmedicated, who did not experience the fetal ejection reflex. So let me tell you a little bit more. The way that you experience it, I mean, really, it is vomiting in reverse or like diarrhea. I mean, it's a reflex, y'all. So it's unstoppable. I mean, it is an overwhelming urge to push. So just like if someone, if you like felt like you were going to like diarrhea in your pants and someone was like, I mean, no, no, stop, don't diarrhea. You would be like, what are you talking about? Of course, Like, I have no control over this. Same thing if you were like the most drunk you've ever been in your life and some or food poisoning for those that don't drink. And like you have to like the vomit is coming. You have to vomit. And you are just trying to get to the toilet as quickly as possible. And imagine someone comes in the room and is like, don't push. Stop pushing. You know, as an example, you're at the hospital and the doctor's not there or the midwife, like, okay, it's a reflex, people. So you're going to vomit anyway, right? Like you're going to shit your pants regardless. And same, you are going to push your baby out when you have a contraction if the fetal ejection reflex is triggered, no matter who wants you to push or not push. So, I mean, you could try to Breathe through it as much as you could try to breathe through the gag reflex. 
everyone knows what I'm talking about here. So, I mean, you sometimes experience this if you have an epidural, like as in maybe I've seen it two times where moms had a light epidural and they felt like, oh my God, I have to push versus just pressure in their rectum, like the reflex, they started actually pushing. So what this looks like in like real world doula life is, hey, Heidi, I think I'm gonna push. <laughs> and I'm like, um, hello, you are pushing. And so um, it just kind of happens, right? So you'll go through like, if again, this is unmedicated, feeling this fetal ejection reflex, you're going to go through that transition that's really hard where you surrender. And then all of the sudden at the peak of one of your surges, contractions, pressure waves, whatever language you use, you're just going to start bearing down. What is so cool about the fetal ejection reflex is that Sometimes you'll push really hard and really long. And then sometimes you'll have three contractions in a row where you don't push at all. And then sometimes you'll push a little bit. This is body-led, intuitive pushing. When you wait for the fetal ejection reflex and you only push when your body is pushing for you without your permission. Does that make sense? That is the best safest thing to do when you are unmedicated and you're able to move your body and listen to your body and listen to when your fetal ejection reflex triggers. This way you're going to push less, you're going to push for a shorter period of time, and you're probably going to have much less pelvic floor damage because you're not pushing every contraction, holding your breath and bearing down on your pelvic floor for 10 seconds at a time, three goes like we do with an epidural. And I mean, I'll do a doula diary on that next, you know, but, or upcoming, but right now, you know, we don't push like that when we are unmedicated. We wait for this fetal ejection reflex. So that brings me to this week's birth story from the doula's perspective. I was laboring with a repeat client, Brooke Craft. So she was in episodes 55 and 56, and it just so happens that she got pregnant again in COVID and was delivering. And you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you may remember Brooke's story because I drank her breast milk. Yes, that's right. If you didn't know that, I drank her breast milk. And the reason I drank her breast milk is because it was pre COVID vaccine. And I like science. And she had had COVID and there were proven COVID antibodies in her breast milk. And she was in this breast milk study out of California somewhere. And I was like, well, can I drink your breast milk? And then for a set period of time, and then I'll do an antibody test and we'll see how that goes. Anyway, whatever. It didn't work. Apparently, I weigh too many pounds compared to how much breast milk I was intaking. So anyway, that's Brookcraft. She's amazing. She and her husband, Jason, she calls him Jace. And then they had this baby Lincoln and then everybody got COVID and they're all fine, right? But I drank their breast milk. So she gets pregnant again. She hires me and she really wanted a home birth, but had decided to go to the hospital because her first had cooms. That's a whole nother teaching topic. But in this story that I'm telling you today, 
Brooke had a really fast labor with her first and experienced the fetal ejection reflex. And I mean fast, like less than seven hours from the first sign of symptoms to delivery. So when that happens, when the average length of labor is about 24 hours for a first-time parent, and I have a client who has a seven-hour labor on their first, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's you're going to have a precipitous, probably less than four-hour delivery on your next. So Brooke decided to move 45 minutes away from the hospital while she was pregnant. And I was like, absolutely under no circumstances am I laboring with you at home. And then driving in rush hour traffic in this giant city we live in and then having a car and the baby. So I live four minutes from the hospital. So Brooke and I's plan the whole time was once she thought she was in labor, she would come to my house and she would labor at my house. And so that's what we did. But She was about 39 weeks pregnant, which was the most pregnant she had ever been. Her first baby, she gave birth at 38 weeks. And when she became about 37, 38 weeks, Brooke's prodromal labor started. Oh my God, this is where you have labor every day for like three or four hours. And you're like, am I in labor? Am I not in labor? Am I in labor? I'm not in labor. Well, Brooke was not in labor. She was in prodromal labor. And oh my gosh, it was... It was brutal for her. So at 39 weeks, she's a nurse practitioner. So she was checking her own cervix and felt like there was significant cervical change. So at her 39-week appointment, her midwife confirmed she was three to four centimeters dilated and like 90% effaced. And the baby was really low at like a negative one station. And so she went ahead and had her membranes swept. And after they swept her membranes, we had a plan, which was to go home and drink the midwife's brew. Okay, you guys know I am I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. This comes straight from the midwives, specifically the midwives group, the midwifery group that she was working with. They happen to be my midwives also. So the midwives brew is two tablespoons of castor oil, two tablespoons of almond butter, one cup of apricot nectar, one cup of champagne. I'll put it in the show notes, right? Get your provider's permission, please, before you take castor oil. As an example, if you are VBAC, disqualified, (laughs) cannot take castor oil. And I don't recommend castor oil at 39 weeks unless your brook craft and you typically gestate to 38 to 39 weeks, you're four centimeters dilated and you're 90% effaced. Great. Your body is ready to have a baby. If you are 39 weeks pregnant, do not touch castor oil. Refer to birthstory.com and download the natural induction methods guide and where I tell you don't even think about castor oil until like closer to 41 or 42 weeks gestation. Okay. I digress though. Brooke got her membrane swept took the castor oil, and within a couple hours, as per all of our clients, was in early labor. She goes to Trader Joe's. She can't think at Trader Joe's and is like, shit, I better go home. And at six o'clock calls me and is like, hey, I'm in labor. And I was like, great, get to my house. (laughs) Like, we are not going to have a baby on the side of the road. So 
So thankfully, she gets to my house with her sister and her husband, and we labored in my kid's bathtub. I mean, I set it up with candles and, you know, essential oils and all the music, and it was really kind of lovely. I have a pretty zen, peaceful house anyway. And my children, I sent them away to their other parents' house, and we had this best time. We just laughed and talked and I mean, her husband like hand blew up the birthing ball. And at some point, Brooke started to not make sense. Okay. Like we asked her a question and her answer was like so far in left field. We all laughed and we're like, okay, you've gone away to labor land. And she was like, yeah, I have. It's getting pretty intense. And she tried to check her own cervix. And she was like, I just don't know if I feel any in the back, but it's definitely different. And, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, well, you think you're nine and a half centimeters dilated because she felt like she only felt cervix in the front. Y'all, it is very hard to check your own cervix and be accurate, but she did pretty well. Her labor was really intensifying. She was, she was struggling. And so, you know, I tried to get to work on her back in the bathtub. Well, anytime I tried to touch her, it didn't feel good. So double hip squeezes out sacral pressure out, back massage out. Anytime that's out, baby's OP. So I'm like, shit. Second baby, baby's OP, occiput posterior, meaning like facing the wrong direction. Baby's looking at your pubic bone. Newsflash, babies don't love having their face squeezed against a pubic bone. So um, thankfully, her baby turned a little bit of a half turn and came out sideways. But We get to the hospital and I'm like thinking, you know, I texted the midwife and I'm thinking, okay, we've got like an hour or two. That's what I'm thinking. And the midwife checks her cervix and she's like six centimeters dilated and Brooke is defeated. She's like, no. And I'm like, Brooke, I've labored with you before. You six, you're going to go from six to 10 in like a minute. I said, you, we are not going to be pregnant for more than two hours. Like there's no possible way. Get in the bathtub. Let's relax. We'll do our thing. She gets in the bathtub, her water breaks. As soon as her water breaks, she feels like she has to push. Baby's heart took a little bit of a tank with D-cells. No big deal. Her baby had just lost all of its amniotic fluid. So sometimes it takes a minute to readjust to that environment. And if a baby's laying on their umbilical cord, get off of it. One benefit of being unmedicated, move your body, move, wiggle that umbilical cord out of the way, right? So baby quickly recovers. Brooke gets out of the tub, climbs onto the bed on her hands and knees and starts pushing with the fetal ejection reflex, (laughs) meaning no one in that room told her to push. She's still in total denial that she's about to have a baby. She's like, I'm only six centimeters dilated. This is her. I'm only six. I'm like, oh my God, Brooke. You are pushing your baby out. Clearly you're 10, you know? So anyway, the midwife checked her. There was like a little bit of an anterior lip, just a little piece of the cervix that the midwife was able to push away or like hold up essentially while Brooke pushed down with her fetal ejection reflex. Your body will not let you hurt itself. Okay, let me say that again. Your body is not going to hurt itself. So if your fetal ejection reflex is triggering and you are pushing without your permission, like your body is just pushing and you're not an active participant in that pushing, then you're fine. 
if you could breathe through it, that's not a reflex. That's not a fetal ejection reflex. Just like if you could breathe through vomiting, it's not, you're not like vomiting reflex hasn't triggered. Okay. So anyway, Brooke experienced the fetal ejection reflex. She went three or four contractions without pushing. Then she pushed really hard on several contractions. And then she pushed a little bit on some. And I mean, she maybe pushed for a total of 10 to 15 minutes before her baby emerged sideways. So that's it. Those are my thoughts. The learnings are five to six centimeters doesn't mean anything. Your cervix can go from five to 10 in an hour and you can have a baby. Have professionals surrounding you that look at your signs and symptoms, okay? And if you're wanting an unmedicated birth, you need to know about the fetal ejection reflex and do not push unless your body is pushing for you. Make sense? All right. If you guys liked this teaching and this doula diary, make sure to sign up for Birth Story Academy. It launches in February 2022 and it is my private childbirth course online recorded in 20 easy modules for you. Pre-sales start in December and it launches in February. So Birth Story Academy and you can find it at birthstory.com. All right. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I'm just kidding. Doula Diaries episode one. You're going to hear me get spicy on a couple of these things. I'm really looking forward to recording these episodes. And like I said, they are just as much for me as they are for you. Talk soon. Okay, thanks for letting me interrupt this episode for just a quick minute with some reminders. One, Birth Story Academy is launching on February 1st, 2022, but pre-sales start on December 1st, 2021. So if you are listening in that window, I am offering 50% off to my loyal podcast listeners with code BIRTHSTORYPODCAST. Second reminder, just click on birthstory.com, go to the workbook, type in your email address. It unlocks an entire library of all of my free resources. So if you want to learn more about placenta encapsulation, delayed cord clamping, have birth plan templates, like whatever your heart desires, I probably have written a guide for it. My latest guides are on postpartum recovery and breastfeeding. So I hope you will check out all those free resources at birthstory.com. And last but not least, if you want to go the extra mile, I would love it if you would push pause and leave a review and then click the icon that says share and send the podcast or a favorite episode to someone that you know who is pregnant, trying to become pregnant, loves birth stories, or that would really enjoy the birth story podcast. The only way people learn about this is through word of mouth and referral. So I love those reviews and those shares, and I appreciate you so much. So let's get back to this episode. Welcome to Postcards from the Womb. This is straight out of the birth story pregnancy guidebook and journal. And each week in Doula Diaries, I'm going to start off by reading you a postcard from the womb. This is pregnancy week four. 
Now that's based on last menstrual period or LMP of four weeks ago. Dear mom, you missed your period and now you may start to be cluing in to what is happening. Guess what? This is not the flu knocking on your door. It's me. This time, your body didn't let me go. I'm here, and I am part of you. I've only been with you a few days, and I'm taking everything from you. You are so tired and sleeping more than normal. Before you know it, you will be more concerned with the sleep habits of a newborn. It goes by fast, Mom. So let's enjoy the hard days, too. Buy some toilet paper in bulk because while I am so tiny, you can't stop peeing. When you exercise, it may feel like you have to pee the entire time. Tell your partner that your breasts are off limits. I'm sorry they are hurting. I know you are also feeling all sorts of sensitivities in your pelvis. But it's just because I'm building my house. By the way, the metallic taste inside of your mouth, that's totally normal. Love me, your baby, a.k.a. your favorite new neighbor. P.S. Thank you for loving me into existence. Hey guys, a quick disclaimer from postcards from the womb that you just heard. You may have noticed a couple of things. There was a wild generalization in the literary writing of postcards from the womb. And so I want to put out this disclaimer to acknowledge that this is not inclusive language. I am a supporter, an ally, and I'm adjacent to the LGBTQIA community. The language that I chose was based on a cisgendered heterosexual couple carrying a single fetus pregnancy that was conceived spontaneously after a last menstrual period. Now, how many people we know, do we know that that's actually their story? Not that many. So I want you to know that if you are in a same sex assigned at birth relationship, if you're in a same gendered relationship, if you are a single parent, if you struggled with fertility and didn't have a last menstrual period and utilized IVF or IUI for conception, whatever your story is. I see you and I don't want you to feel excluded. I wanted to make sure I let you know my reasoning behind the language that I used in postcards from the womb. I welcome your feedback at Birth Story Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening to Doula Diaries.